Are you the little engine that could? Do you keep running long after everyone has fallen out of the race? This is Leslin from Try This at Home, and today we're talking about when to give up. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around with decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them. Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hi, Les. How are you today? Wonderful. How about you? I'm good. So this today we're talking about your specialty. Yeah, well, I don't know if I call it my specialty. Dustin's specialty. Dustin's specialty. Yeah, my husband happens to be uh, a kind of an expert in this area, I guess. And One so, of the leading authorities, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think so. He Maybe he'd kill me for saying that. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> so, yeah, this is something that... Um, we have talked about in our house a lot, and so I've heard about it a lot and picked up a lot from him. And we, and it's important, right? Because on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis, we're we're kind of always thrown into this idea of try, try, try again. If yeah. at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yep. And we teach that to our kids. Yep. And perseverance is good, right? That's what we heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, look at Etsy or Pinterest or anything like that, there's just so many little posters and printable things that never give up, keep going, try harder, hustle harder, you know. Um, And all of that is really telling us don't give up, don't stop what you're doing, keep going. And that's good advice to some extent. But nobody ever really talks about the other side of it, which is there's definitely a time and a place when you should quit, I think. I think when I hear that, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is I will often tell people that we always have choices, right? That there's mm-hmm. always a choice. Yep. And I grew up with my, my father, bless his heart, telling me that I can be anything in the world I wanted to be mm-hmm. except for a dad. Okay. He, he told me I could not be a father. Well, that's good advice, Probably I guess. Probably accurate, right? Yeah. But it does make me, it, I, I do sit back and think, well, if I wanted to be a um, a dancer with the New York Ballet, mm-hmm. that's probably out of my reach at this point. That yeah. might be something mm-hmm. that I'd have to give up trying yeah. to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not going to be an astronaut um, at this point. I really, really think that that's, you know, not going to happen. And there's lots of things like that that aren't going to happen for us. So, yeah, it's not good advice to tell people just to go for your dream and never give up because it's really just not realistic. So at some point, though, it it isn't about not going for your dream. It's about really learning about when to give up. Yeah. So... The, the thing that Dustin studies, there's a technical term for it, and it's called escalation of commitment. And that really just means 
you're going to pursue a failing course of action with your resources, usually time and money. So something is not going well, the writing's on the wall, you're going to ignore the writing on the wall, and you're going to just keep going because, right, if we have perseverance and if we're persistent and if we have grit and all these things and we just keep going, it'll work out in our favor. And that's not the case all the time. And I would venture to say that's not the case most of the time even. Um, One of the podcasts that I listen to that I love the most is How I Built This um, with Mm -hmm. Guy Raz. And I've listened to every single episode. And it's interesting for me, especially given what I know about this phenomenon that occurs um, and listening to that podcast, because it's all about business owners and people who have started these companies. And obviously, they're all extremely well known because they were super, super successful. And in almost every episode, um, there's they talk about all of these obstacles that they overcame and things are really dire and desperate. And, you know, it makes for good a good hour to listen to it's It's very entertaining Mm -hmm. um and and they just pushed through and they got it they got what they wanted and their wildest Mm -hmm. dreams came true um but again those people are the outliers that is we don't ever hear about the people who lose their home who tried and lost hundreds of thousands of dollars or who lost their marriage or relationships with their children that doesn't. That is not entertaining. That's right. sad. And right. so we don't hear about that ever. Right. We just hear about these cases of people who have pushed past what is probably good sense and and came out unscathed on the other side. So you're kind of saying that by always having the, our examples be the exceptions versus the rule, it gives us a false uh, indication of perhaps our limitations. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And another thing is that, you know, if you tell people, you know, it's okay to give up, like you sound really pessimistic. Mm, People would say that you're just not being optimistic or positive. Or that you don't believe in them. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely not the case. Mm -hmm. So there are, everyone is susceptible to having this happen, right? But there are some people that are a little bit more susceptible than others. And that is going to be people who made the initial decision or the initial choice. So whether that be at work with your job, you know, you started a new project, took it to your boss, it was your idea, he told you to run with it, and it's not working, you're going to push harder for that, maybe even if the numbers don't look good, um, because you don't, want to, you don't want to lose face in front of everybody. So you're going to push harder for that. People who are very achievement-oriented are going to be more susceptible and people who are very optimistic and confident are also going to be more susceptible and we tend to look at optimism and confidence as really positive traits and they are generally but in this context it can hurt you a little bit and i think all of this kind of sounds like people just don't want to fail right so they're gonna i mean it doesn't feel good to fail so we're really pushing for the the adrenaline shot of the win. Yes. Yep. Um, and really understanding when it's important to step back from that. I think is if I'm getting what, if I'm picking up what you're laying <laughs> down, uh, that's what I'm understanding. Yeah. It, no, nobody wants to fail. But I think 
one of the things that Dustin has kind of talked a lot about with me, um, because it is it is really applicable for people who own small businesses, and we can, you know, we'll talk about that maybe in another episode. But um, it's not a matter of continuing with what you're doing, no matter what happens, whether it is good or bad. But it's also not just quitting completely either you can you can pivot mm-hmm. and you're you know if you're taking up time and money doing this whatever this is whatever this is you can then put that time and that money into something else a new venture you can start something else this reminds me of someone i know who recently decided they were going to save money by installing their own dishwasher yeah now to me that sounds like a like a professional job right? yeah but he was he was pretty confident he'd watched a number of youtube videos yeah. and he was pretty confident he pulled the old one out right. and he was just gonna kind of redo what he had pulled out sure. and but unfortunately in the middle of all of that that what he took what he had to put in didn't look the same way <laughs> didn't have the same wires and hoses and whatnot as the one he had taken out yeah and after several attempts Fortunately, he knew when to quit and hire right. um, someone to, to pull it in. Because I think yeah. had he not done that, he could have hooked up the wires wrong and it would it could have shorted out. Maybe cause a fire, right. flood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of potential risks mm-hmm. or things that could have happened. And he determined how much risk he was willing to take, what his kind of stopping point or cutoff point yeah. Tipping, tipping point is the word I was looking for. And and maybe that's, is that one of the keys then to understanding when to quit is determining your tipping point? Yeah. So there's a couple things that you can do to kind of combat this. And the first one is just being aware that it happens. Like most things, awareness is, you know, pretty important. We say that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't fix it if you don't know it's broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and Making sure that, yeah, you have set goals or benchmarks along the way before you start, you know, so if this happens, I'm going to, I'm going to seek help or change or whatever the case may be. It obviously depends on what it is that you're doing. Um, So I want to go back to awareness for just a minute. When you, when you're saying that be aware that this happens, are you referring specifically to, I have to be aware of my propensity of not knowing when to quit? Or of not maybe wanting to quit at an appropriate time? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of the above. So if you know that you're really optimistic mm-hmm. and you, you know, you tend to just, you know, be Susie Sunshine all the time, knowing that when you enter into projects or, th- you know, any anything really like this where you're going to keep putting resources into, mm-hmm. into it, um, and you know that you're optimistic and you say, well, you know, I know that that being optimistic can actually lead me into putting more resources into this than I probably should. Or that I have available. Right. Um, and so so knowing that there's a name for this, I think the name is less important, but just that it that this phenomenon exists and knowing that there are a couple groups of people who tend to be more susceptible. That's important. Okay, so that's that's where this self-awareness really right. comes in. Right. So I might really have to pay attention to what kind of a person am I. And mm-hmm. then 
and then communicate or really have an honest conversation with myself about what my risk tolerance is mm-hmm. for this thing, whether it's time mm-hmm. or money yeah, or relationship. You know, mm-hmm. what am I willing to give up in order to go kind of balls to the wall right. on this thing? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, nobody wants to waste time and money. I mean, that's not... You or know, relationships. Right. That That's not anybody's goal is mm-hmm. to be wasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so looking at it, trying to get unbiased advice from people, you know is helpful. That's one of the ways that you can help combat this is finding trusted people who are going to tell you the truth, who don't have skin in the game, who can say, you know, yeah, this is not looking good. Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to reconsider. Um, we, we touched on this a little bit last week in our conversation about toxic people. And it occurs to me that there are, I, I actually had an email this morning from a client who is going through a lot of personal growth Mm -hmm. um, and is realizing that their relationship worked when he was his old self and is questioning its ability to blossom and be nourished as he kind of goes through a lot of personal change. Mm So he's trying to communicate, right? He's making an effort to say, hey, look, these are the things that I think I'm going to need in a relationship. I really like some some more mutuality ex- um, experience. Um, but if she isn't willing or isn't aware enough to kind of pivot, as you say, mm-hmm. since there's some changing conditions in this relationship, his question is, when do I give up? You know, mm-hmm. this is somebody right. that I really care about, but is there a um, time when I say enough is enough? Yeah, and relationships, I mean, often this is thought of in a business context for sure, but mm-hmm. I think you bring up a great point that this can definitely apply um, when we think about relationships because especially, you know, you, know, you pick your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. And if things aren't going well, a lot of times you don't want to fail at marriage. You're Mm -hmm. very, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You don't want to give up because then you're divorced, right? And then there's this whole other shame thing or you, you know, you know, all the emotions I'm sure from your business that are associated with that. You don't want to fail, but, um, it, again, it's it's pivoting. It's like, okay, well, yeah, this marriage ends, but now I have the opportunity for a relationship that's really healthy and that really fits the person that I am now. Yeah, and I'm, as I'm as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm actually thinking that, well, I'm sure Dustin may not be researching this from the place of like even parent. And when do I give up letting my baby cry? When is enough enough? <laughs> right? I mean. There's, I think, the same basic tenets kind of, kind of are at play here. In a very, in they're different, Definitely right? Sure. But they're basically, how much anxiety am I willing to feel if my child is crying themselves to sleep? Mm-hmm. How much, how worked up do I get, let them get before I give up and go comfort them? <laughs> right. Right. How how long do I let my toddler throw a temper tantrum 
<laughs> and I, th- I really think that this is a, a fundamental question for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How long do I work at this job without a raise? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. How long do I do I sacrifice? Um, gosh, I can think of so many different things before yeah. I before I pivot and change. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's important to talk about just this whole fear of failure in this. How where does that come into play? Yeah. Well, it, it definitely is at work, for sure, because it's not uh, really honored or respected in our culture that, you know, wow, you you only put wasted, you know, $50,000 and not $100,000. I mean, that, that doesn't, you know, there's, there's this thread of shame and fear that runs through all of it, and it's just not honored in our culture that we... We failed well, I guess, maybe, I will say, um, that we stopped when we recognized that it wasn't working. That's just not something that's talked about a whole lot, I don't think. So if I think about the times in my life when I've said to myself, just keep trying, you'll get this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was taking statistics as a 45-year-old woman, I kept thinking, <laughs> yes, just come on, girl, you've got this. And I did, you know, persevere through that. Right. Um, Well, I think the statistics class is a good example of, you know, that's an instance where the goal that you have of becoming a therapist is so much more important um, than the the trials that you faced in, in taking that class. And you know, yes, there was a lot of time that you had to put in to to mastering the statistics, but it was part of this bigger goal that you had. And that's where setting the goals and the benchmarks ahead of time are really important because you know that, okay, the goal of me becoming a therapist is so much more important than any temporary, you know, eight to 12 week discomfort that I'm going to feel and having to give up TV for these weeks so that I can study harder with the Mm -hmm. statistics. I mean, that's, that's important knowing if the end goal is worth the trouble. And in your case, it absolutely was. Yeah, so perhaps then, and we'll take this back to a little bit of a business thing. If I have an idea of of having a food truck, mm-hmm. but I'm having to mortgage my entire house to right. buy and staff the food truck, then I'm... I really need to ascertain, will I be able to live in that food truck in the event that my house gets foreclosed on? Right, right. You know, and at what point do I take my losses and run? I wonder, yeah. is there any statistics about how this applies to the stock market and our investments? Because... Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. I've I've made investments, <laughs> you know, and I was a financial advisor for 20 years, so I know that you... You know, the market has volatility and that if you buy high and it goes low, then you should dollar cost average. But I am so resistant to losing money that I held out so long, I lost it all. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I mean, it kind of speaks to investments, too, doesn't it? Yeah, it has it has applications in just about any any area of your life. Um, So. I, it was really funny. Becky, the girl that works with me, um, 
she, the beginning of the year, January is always good for people buying planners, right? And then February, people apparently just do not ever want to buy a planner. And it has been very, very consistent across the many years I've been doing this, where February is always a terrible month. And so I always joke with Becky, I see, January wraps up, I said, okay, Becky, here comes February, get ready for me to panic and think that the, the, you know, the walls are falling down and, you know, everything. I said, be prepared to talk me back in doing this because... It, without fail, you know, I think, okay, here here it is. Sales are down. This is what happens. This is the beginning of the end. And you you panic a little bit. Um, That's but, the opposite of optimistic, by the way. Is, yes. That is, I'm, I'm very cautious and risk averse. <laughs> so for me, I, you know, freak out. And, and I joke about it with her, of course, because I've been through it enough to know that this is just something that happens. But that's important, too, because once, you know, you don't want to just stop the moment things get hard. And that's where everyone saying that persistence is valuable is absolutely right. You have to persevere because no path is easy. There's going to be obstacles. But it's it's sort of a, you know, it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly in every instance when you should stop because it is changing. Um, and, you know, like for me, if I gave up at the beginning of February, well, March is going to roll around and things right. are going to pick back up right. and I'm going to feel much more confident about things, you know. This is also reminding me of that little adage, you know, when you're when you think you're lost and this doesn't happen as much anymore with GPS <laughs> and the ability to accurately pinpoint where we are. Right. But I can't tell you the number of times in my life when I thought, I'm lost, I'm not going to find it. And the rule of thumb is just go a little bit further. Right, yeah. You know, when you think you're almost there, you go a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And almost always, once I got a little bit further, sure enough, there's that road I needed to turn on. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of talking about that, I think, in reference to business. But again, we'll come back to, was I going to drive another 100 miles or was right. I willing to drive 10 miles? Exactly, yeah. And yeah. being able to really have a clear indication of your risk mm-hmm. tolerance yeah. and a tipping point at where is the turnaround point. Right. Um, if I've gone 100 miles past the point where I thought I was supposed to turn, it's a pretty good chance. <laughs> yeah. I, you cannot run I out of gas. Yeah, I yeah. could have stopped sooner. Yeah, and that's what makes this so interesting and also so difficult is because we know it happens, but it's very hard. There's no one rule that works for everything. There's only things that you can try to make it less painful, but it probably is going to happen to some degree, no matter what. I'm also reminded about, like we started to talk earlier about marriages, Mm -hmm. and if you want to be married, but you're in maybe a toxic relationship, right? Um, but you value marriage, you are still in love, you don't want to significantly change your lifestyle or, or maybe interrupt your kids. Right. And you think, I'm just going to stay a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it's got to be important to have a personal limit, a personal tipping point, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, the, the, it can become an incredibly toxic environment. Yeah. So... If someone is physically abusing you, if someone is emotionally abusing you, that has to be a tipping point for you to say, 
it's time for me to call it quits. Yeah. And I, I mean, certainly that's an example to me where you don't drive even one more mile right. in that situation. I mean, that is full stop. You're out of there. Pack your bags. You're done. Yeah. I mean, there are certainly situations like that where it's very clear and it's very easy to say this is the point in which you stop. Mm-hmm. But rarely are those so prevalent in our life. Yeah, I can hear so many times in my life when someone has said to me, well, I'm just going to try a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And they don't have what I'm hearing you say is necessary, a definitive point at which they've set a limit. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I don't have, with, with my business, I don't have a definitive point necessarily. I sort of have these... Um, if this happens, think a little bit more. And if this happens, reevaluate. And if this mm-hmm. happens, then talk to somebody about, you know. So just little little points in my mind in which I have said, okay, if this if this occurs, this is going to be a red flag for me. But sometimes if you talk it through with an advisor or a mentor and they're like, okay, well yeah, that's happened to me keep going. Um, It actually reminds me of one of the things that Harlan had said to me. Um, I had a really crappy day and I don't even exactly remember what it was about, but this is when he was still printing for me. And I came into his print shop and he could tell that something was not right with me. Um, I was probably pissy (laughs) walking in there. Um, and, And he's like, you know, what's wrong? And, and I said, can you just tell me at which point in owning a business, I'm going to stop feeling like one day I'm on top of the world and the next day I'm going out of business. Mm-hmm. Tell me when that is going to happen. And he looked up and looked me straight in the eye. He goes, when it happens, I'll let you know. <laughs> and, you know, he's a 60-year-old guy who's owned a business for, I mean, how many years? All of his life. Uh, his, yeah. his whole life. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, that, though, that interaction was very validating to me and very comforting. And that actually told me, okay, you definitely need to keep your eye on some things, but this is very normal. The things that you're feeling are very normal. And that was helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, just just feeling like you're not alone and having someone else that you can talk to is very helpful mm-hmm. when you're navigating through this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. So for this week's Try This at Home, our listeners can identify the areas in their life where they think that this escalation phenomenon is most likely to occur. And they can identify also for each area a trusted, unbiased person that they could talk to or go to when they are feeling unsure about certain things. I think that's great. And it's, you know, so we're sending, we're really recommending that people take a look at their life. Where are you spending too much time, too much energy, potentially too much money? Um, Then talk to somebody to see if there's uh, maybe either validate that it's too much or they can give you some insight that perhaps you don't yet have, but kind of leaning into your support system a little bit and making sure that you have very clearly defined tipping points Mm -hmm. established is a really helpful Um, piece as well. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Today and always, we are super grateful that you took time to listen. Next week, we'll be talking about shoulds. 
and expectations. This is one of my favorites. Excellent. Well, we (laughs) hope that you will all listen in as well to that discussion. Of course, you can find all of our podcasts and connect with us on our website at www.trythisathomepodcast.com, where we hope you will subscribe to our feed. You can also find us at the iTunes store, where you can let everyone know what you think about this podcast. Until next week, this is Leslin and Leslie suggesting you try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.